may be the only way that I can truly be free from my <laughs> fucked up reality. So I dream and stroke it harder. Because it's so fun to see my face staring back at me. We are hottest one hundreds and thousands. And we are taking control of your radio station. Mm. Yeah. This is the podcast in which we talk about the songs that have been deemed hot enough to be in the Triple J Hottest 100. My name is David James Young. I couldn't do it for the whole thing. I do not have that breath control. I'm one of the four voices you're going to be hearing very, very steadily for the next hour or so. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get... Let's say three and a half voices for the next hour or so. Make some noise, Adam Buncher! I make the noise? Make some noise! Oh, so to make some noise for Adam Buncher? Or Adam Buncher no. is here? Okay, let's make some noise for Adam Buncher and you make some noise. Make some noise for Adam Buncher! Yeah! <laughs> make some noise for Nathan Harrison! Woo! Thank you, thank you. And make some noise for Andrew McDonald! <laughs> You're the villain! Oh, it's, it's a pantomime! It's a pantomime! It's a pantomime! Sorry, I misread this. Yeah. <laughs> What do you do for an anti-hero and a pantomime? You'd be like, oh, oh, we love to hate yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. We bloody love to hate you. <laughs> You're a Loki-esque figure. You're a Loki-esque figure, Andrew. <laughs> well, I also see Breaking Bad. <laughs> You're like the dad from Malcolm in the Middle, but bald and druggy. Yes. That, that yes. is extremely like me, actually. Yeah. Holy shit, this is a big one. Oh, it, it the already big it boys is. have come out to fucking play. You ready? Mm. I, had a, I had a solid look at these five songs and I had a fucking quick look at the list of things that these songs do. Yeah. Wouldn't you believe it? Zero from zero on the search term fuck around. Yes. <laughs> Let's hit the road, people. Yeah. We're cracking into the top fucking quarter. Psych your mind. Holy shit. I'm, I'm alive. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. Are you see. ready to go? Um, yeah. All right, thumbs out on the fucking highway. Number 25, this is Green Day. We're hitching a ride, baby. Let's go. Your breath control is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hottest 100. That is a little ditty called Hitchin minus the G. A ride. Andrew. He's, he's the G we're missing. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> See, I'm being nice to you yeah. to make yes. up for this. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Yes. Incident. Yes. Now you're making a real make- G blush. Come on, Green Day. Could they have written a better song here? This is just pop punk at its goddamn finest like for years and even now I have like an ideological knee jerk away from pop punk just because it's watered down rebellion and marketed and that but like the soft spot for Green Day is so real 
And in the 90s, they were writing such excellent songs and, like, the rollicking country train beat that, um... Is Trey the drummer? Trey Cool. Trey Cool, yeah. For his Born birth Frank name. Edwin, <laughs> Frank Edwin Wright the Third yeah. is his real name. Yeah, weird that his, <laughs> his parents didn't name him Trey Cool. <laughs> um, they should have. Yeah. It's just so infectious. The drum beat just leads you and you can't help but lean into it. Like, this is obviously a remarkable song, but the fact that this isn't their best writing or anything like that stands to show how goddamn good they were in the 90s yeah like isn't it just everything about this works for like pop punk music but particularly the last kind of like 20 seconds where Billy Joe is singing about hitching a ride mm. the backing box like chorus chanting mm. it's so good it's so <laughs> easy to love it Mike Dern is one of the most underrated backing vocalists ever yeah I, he's just constantly in an O, just, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so easy to see why the kids would be singing along to this and buying this CD single and voting for it in yeah. the countdown. But so it's that thing we were talking about last week in terms of power trio. Like, everything is just doing yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% what it needs to do. There's no, there's no extra stuff in this song, and it's just perfect. Even the verses don't even have guitar for most of it. It's just that rhythm section just punching along, and it's so good. Mm. And this is even more of that Grinspoon at this... Uh, sorry, Grinspoon. Green Day. are so good at this point at taking all of those sort of insular anxieties and bringing them out into a really kind of fun and mm. communal, raucous sharing. Yeah. Like, that was Basket Case. That was heaps of other songs yeah, we talked yeah, about. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. This again, and it's mm. just so good. Because this is about uh, Billy Joe's trouble with alcoholism. Um, yes, and, and you can see it in the lyrics. Like, it's it's very, very good. Whatever. Drowning in the Fountain of Youth is a particularly choice line. A lot of really fun wordplay. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's very, very clever. And yet, at the same time, like, it's so gleefully self-hating is the way I would put it. Like, it's yeah. so frustrated with yourself. It's that moment yeah. where you are trying, you know what you should do in a situation, and you fuck it. And then instead of, like, wheeling back on that or reflecting on that, you go, like, well, in for a penny, in for a pound. Like, you, you know mm. that as soon as the speaking voice here, you know, based on Billy Joe's experience, but not necessarily Billy Joe himself, yeah. you know, fall, falls off the wagon, as he says, and has one drink, you know it's just going to be a, a bender from that point on. And, you know, you can hear that in the music. It just says, it's the music says, fuck it. Mm, indeed. Trey Cool is the star of this, obviously. I love that he follows up everything. Like when the when the riff is like that palm muted, dun, 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 dun. he's got that. Kick, 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 kick. Yeah. And then when the riff actually goes like, dun, 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 like he's just thumping away on the tubs, tub thumping, if you will. <laughs> Big swinging, just brilliant. Like I, 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 I think this is a Trey Cool like career highlight for me. <laughs> um, yeah, like obviously everyone is super on point here. It's a super catchy. Uh, and yeah, definitely. I, I don't know. Maybe an overlooked part of the the Green Day canon. It's and sick. just to be in a pit when the one, two, three, four hits. Oh, like, yeah. you, you don't like just listening to it. You can you can imagine what that's like yeah. and how much fun that would be to oh, yell that out with everybody and then just go nuts. Just jumping on everything. Be heaps chill and then just jump off shit. That's tits and a ride. Yeah. <laughs> and number twenty four. This is corn. With the Adidas. Screaming at me, the only way that I can treat 
It's the arrival of corn, baby! We're here! We did it! We made it! It's the 90s! How have we been talking about the 90s for fucking five years and corn haven't turned up? We're here! It's criminal that we talked about 311 before we talked about corn. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you in the mouth! <laughs> corn are here! Shut up! <laughs> Right. Shut Adam, up while I'm talking. Adam was on your side a second ago. No, he wasn't. Was. He was shit talking 311. No, no, no. You see, the thing is, when Corn's here, no one's on anyone's side. We're all on our own, and everything's terrible. So <laughs> let uh, that be the that's be the. Term. I think you'll find everything fucking rules. Oh, it does, but it has to be. T I'm trying to be with you, man. Like, <laughs> let me speak. Corn is sad. <laughs> I'm trying to bond with you, and it's not working, and I feel like an estranged dad. <laughs> <laughs> corn puppy. <laughs> so corner here, this is A D I Damn it, A D I D A S. Number 24 in the 1997 Hottest 100. We were talking about mad rooting last week, and we are at the fucking mecca of mad roots right here. <laughs> Just goth babies getting buck wild. David. Yeah? Did you like corn when you were young, or have you come to them as an adult and liked them? Here's the thing. My trajectory with corn is quite similar to that of uh, Limp Biscuit. Ages, let's say, eight and nine to about 20 ish, like 19, 20, maybe 21. Fuck yeah. Corn are fucking sick. 20 through to like 25, 26. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nah, you know what it was like. Uh, I listened to them growing up. Can you imagine? I used to listen to Corn. I used to listen to Limp Bizkit. I used to listen to that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. 26 to now. No, this shit fucking rules. <laughs> you no, come, you no. come back around again. Oh, I'm so. I'm yeah, like full right. circle. I've done the same with Nickelback. I've done it with Corn. I've done it with Limp Bizkit. I've done it with Creed. Like, I am the worst version of myself. I'm worse than I've ever been, and I've never <laughs> felt better about it. Like, I'm just. Fully embracing all the disgusting shit that I fucking froth. And that includes corn. I know how terrible this song is. I know you're all gonna. I know you are all gonna fucking whip your massive magnum dongs out and just piss all over this song the second I finish talking. But I'm past the fucking point of caring. I will die on this hill like this shit slaps. And I'm talking quite literally in terms mm. of that fucking sick bass and mm -hmm. those thwacking drums and and yeah. the cavernous echoing drop A. Do you know how brutal drop A is? That's like that's way low. Yeah, it's way fucking it's, down, it's right? Down like there. most like like metalcore bands playing drop C. Yeah. Post grunge bands playing drop D, which is even higher. Yeah. Your average pop band plays in standard tuning. You're going like all the way like that's like five semitones down. Mm. Like it is guttural. This is angst and it's sex and it's fucking filth and it's just it is everything and nothing it is corn with a backwards fucking r it's the best shit out it's the worst shit out it is what it is i don't think i've ever heard a corn record start to finish not even like life is peachy no, or like no, follow the friends, leader or something I had friends who liked them obviously yeah, like, right. like, every, like everyone had a mate who had like the, like the record card was I, pretty I believe their full title was your mate corn mate corn mate I heard this because like uh, when you're like you went to high school yeah it's very very funny to have added a stand for all day I dream about sex when you're a kid um, mm. and then you're like oh yeah um, oh, so I know Wikipedia says um, in 1998 Gorn took up a six figure endorsement deal with rival Puma which is very, <laughs> very funny. funny it's super yeah. funny right it's very funny but like, David you're right like it's this is like obviously this is not for me like it's 
You're being polite about this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like dorky dumb metal, and like, like it does everything it can to make me not like it. But I, 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 I got to respect it in a weird way. It's like they <laughs> they, they embrace their aesthetic so fucking holy. They just do what they do so relentlessly corn. Like, like <laughs> yeah. okay, okay, you guys, I get it. Like, yep, yeah, good on ya. Yeah. Like, obviously it's crap and I can feel the white dreadlocks slapping me in the face. Like, it's dyed wine green, thank yeah, you. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Um, Show some respect. But like, it's not awful sounding, it's just fucking dumb. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a dummy song. Yeah, whatever. Corn, fuck off. But like... <laughs> I'm getting angry as I go on. No, no. <laughs> angry up my own blood. Um, yeah. New metal is not for me at all. Metal is generally not for me. Adding rap and scratching to it doesn't help. <laughs> like, it's, it's aggressively not Andrew-y. And even though this is a, isn't, doesn't really sound like a new metal song, like I would hear new metal songs. It just sounds like a bit of a dumb jock metal song. But, like, this is not for me. I'm sorry, Corn. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sorry, whatever your name is, Mr... Jonathan Davis. Jonathan Davis, Dreadlocky, yeah, White Boy. Monkey, Monkey, Fieldy. Yep. Uh, who else we got? Uh, oh, shit. Ba- Bashful, Head. Dopey. Uh, Head. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, and, yeah. All the the was, seven duffs. Yeah. <laughs> Surly is definitely in so, <laughs> so three of them, it's like, it's like a weird U2 situation where three of them had nicknames and two of them didn't. <laughs> so you got Head, Monkey, and Fieldy. Mm. Plus and Jonathan. Jonathan Davis and David Silvera. <laughs> Who's the guy who looks like um, one of the guys from Mitchell and Webb? Either Mitchell or Webb. There's someone, <laughs> there's someone in the band and I saw the one... The oh, one you're photo. talking about their current drummer. Yeah. yeah. He looks like... David Mitchell? David Mitchell? Look like, yeah, he looks like yeah. David Mitchell. I, I, yeah. I, 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 Have a look. Corn sit around there after a show and just like, Jonathan, are we the baddies? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, whatever, Corn, man. Go on. Get, get your hand off of it. Well, you know, that's kind of what the song's but, about. Yeah, but... but Whoa. You need to put your hand on it to stroke it, man. Come on, get it together. Yeah, I, I, I find it curious that you said that this song fucks, because I think the whole thing is that the song explicitly does not fuck. And they, they're a bit upset about that. Yeah, I, this song is assuring you that it fucks a bit yeah. too much. No, I, see, I, I get the opposite thing. Like, it's just, to me, like, it's a great... They know their market. They know their market is sexually frustrated, <laughs> horny, angsty, edgy teen and, <laughs> in teenage boys. Who Hello! Can, <laughs> right? Who have a lot of feelings and a lot of hormones. And this is the song that... A lot of corn moans. Yeah. Woof. Yeah. That, that was worth interrupting Walker. Thanks, oh, Andrew. I was like, I'm like, holy shit, I've got a really clever comment. <laughs> I don't feel bad for booing you anymore. <laughs> it's amazing that they are able to inhabit that mindset so well and create something that really gives that much catharsis for that kind of teenage boy in this song, really. Like, it's... It's just so crafted for that. And very well. It's incredibly good at what it's doing. Right? From a musical textural point of view, I very much enjoy the bass and the energy and the groove of it. And I say that without any kind of irony. I think there is a lot musically that I kind of enjoy about this song and I always have like just like dissonant groove. Like the, it's, it's like almost noise and then just dropping that into like the bass. They do that so well, and they, and they refine that and do that better in later singles to come on the Follow the Leader album. I have a weird relationship to Corn because... How weird are we talking? Well, I was a good Christian boy in high school. Yes, you were. And Corn was listened to a lot by people around me, 
and it actively frightened me because I had not developed the kind Naughty. of I had not developed the kind of critical faculties or been through enough negative emotions in my life at that point to realize that no 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 it's not bad it's just sometimes we feel bad things and we express that through art and then that gives us a catharsis and then that's kind of a good thing I didn't have that I just went you know, this sounds like evil music. I need to stay away from it. And everyone else who's listening to it has been corrupted by it. And it's, it was threatening to me, which to me is the only is the more immature reaction, even more so than liking it. Liking it's immature. <laughs> being scared of it is even more immature. But it's, it's very that parent thing where you're like, oh, kids can't listen to this, which is which is a hundred percent corn. I've got a thing to do with that in in just a second mm. on that. But like. So I had this kind of weird forbidden fruit relationship to corn because there were times where I was around where I would hear corn and be confronted by it. But it, there was a part of me that really kind of liked it. So it's really weird going back to it now with that kind of relationship I have and seeing it more clearly for kind of just what it is. I'm sure the media had a lot to do with it. It was all right. That was shaped as this scary mm. band. Well, that's their whole image, yeah. right? And the, the thing that I was alluding a, to... A, a backwards R? Can they do that? that you know, do you know why they you had... You know they had to do it. Okay, so. okay. They originally wanted to be called just corn. As in... C-O-R-N. Yep. The grain. <laughs> that's what they wanted. Mm. And then somehow they were like, no, no, let's have it as K. And then, like, most of them had worked at Toys R Us. <laughs> So they, as an homage to that, they changed the art to be backwards because they were, except for Jonathan Davis, who I shit you not, was brought into the band whilst he was studying mortuary science. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds more appropriate than working in a toy store. But also, I feel like Toys R Us are classic. Like the people working there, you're always a bit like, should you be working at a toy <laughs> yeah, store? Yeah. You seem a bit. You should off. be studying mortuary science. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but yeah, there was there was a particular thing that happened uh, prior to the release of their next album, Follow the Leader, in 1998, where a principal for a high school went on record saying that Corn's music is indecent, vulgar, obscene, and intends to be insulting. After one particular. Shithead kid was wearing a corn shirt and being an idiot. Can you, can you imagine um, what a fucking endorsement that would yeah, be? That's like, the best if, press release you can get yeah. as corn. So, what did corn do is they organized with the local community to go out the front of that school and hand out free corn t shirts. Ma- yeah, that, that is right. Yeah. Honestly, that, that, that is genius marketing. Uh-huh. You would, yeah. Yep, hundreds of free corn t shirts. Um, and they were assisted by the police. That was um, very nice of Sting yeah. and Stuart Copeland and Andy Summers. Actually, it's. <laughs> Sorry. Right? <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> I think I think as well. Corner like bit of an indication of a couple of things happening at this time in terms of music is getting marketed to younger and younger people. Mm. Like if you kind of look at the eighties or whatever, I think you know music is kind of aimed at twenty year olds, and as we move into the nineties, that's moving down to like fifteen year olds that's and an even younger. Observation. Kind of bring it full circle to how it started in the fifties. Yeah, the 60s. yeah, exactly. And you know, even like the pop side of what's happening, you know, around this time as well with like Britney and Christina as well. It's the same sort of thing. Like it's getting marketed to younger and younger because. You know, I'm sure there's an economic argument about kids having more disposable income as mm. as time progresses or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's also, I think, corner interesting because they're a heavy band that don't take themselves seriously in the same way, at least. 
Mm-hmm. They're not a joke band, but they're being outrageous for fun in a lot of ways. Or, yeah, or okay. being, you know, like they're inviting that principle to say those things right. because that's funny and that's exciting to then get to go to the school and do that kind of thing. So the lyric yeah. that I come to is, uh, screaming is the only way I can be free from my fucked up real life. When you look at that on paper, it's like, that's just so like explicitly darkly emotional. And it's like, but of course it is. You, you you just do that because you need to be a band that does that. Because again, like that market is there. Yeah. That that this Eric kid who got suspended for wearing a cord shirt, Eric, mate, <laughs> he needs that. And that kid grew up to be the be. baby on the cover of Nevermind. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> what they twist? Yeah. <laughs> what they yeah. twist? Hey, David. Yeah. You're, you, you, I mean, like, I opened this up to the floor as well, but I feel like you might be able to answer this more than anything. Open it up to the mosh pit. All right, so in the 90s, the angsty kids, Eric. Eric! I'm going to name Eric Poor again. Poor troubled Eric. Ah, oh, little Eric. Eric had corn, and he had... And then, like, the later kids, you know, uh, Eric's kid that he had too early. Uh, he, <laughs> that, that, that kid had, like, My Chemical Romance and Fallout Boy or whatever. What do the youth have today? I mean, like, it sounds like angsty music. Yeah, because I mean, I can't see a lot of it around compared to what used to be around, and I'm worried that that outlet isn't there, and we literally have a generation of pressure cooked kids without emo. That's an the- interesting point, right? Um- Mumble rap, little peep. Come on. Zanax rap is. Well, yeah, yeah. Is, is Zanny rap what yeah. they have? Like. Oh, you mean like music to brew to or music to get like fucked off to? I mean, yeah. Like, and to like act out with. Yeah. The, uh, you what, know, when you want to rebel what, against your parents, what do you start listening to? And- 100% Lil Xan, 6x9. Yeah. yeah, those. Um, right. But emotional brewing, the same way that like. Like, I'm sure we all had this moment where you're like, oh man, like no one understands me and I'm miserable yeah. and I'm going to listen to... Corn. Corn, that, yeah. kind, that kind of thing. But I have no idea what they're doing that now because those mumble rappers and SoundCloud rappers aren't that kind of music. That's angry. No, fuck you, mum. I'm going to like... That, that's that. that. That's the punk equivalent. Yeah. But like, I don't know about the emotional, like sitting there brooding and being like, oh man, what if I had a girlfriend? I'd be happy then. That kind of shit. I'm not sure that's a... I don't know what that is. Yeah. If you're a kid acting out and you want to tell some old men how you're doing it, <laughs> write in. Eric. 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 Do something constructive, Eric. Hashtag Leave us a review. Five stars yeah. and tell us what gets you through. Yeah, yeah you, you, Mate, know what, you know what parents really hate? Log it onto iTunes. Leave it five star review. We have swears. Yeah, yeah. Deech. Parents true. hate him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. All this time, I didn't realize that we were that. Yeah. We yeah, were yeah. Leave us four stars on iTunes because the four stars are centering the word fuck. Yeah. 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 At number 23, it is Spider Bait. This is Calypso. In the 1997 Hottest 100, the champions of season four, back at it again. No booze. Yeah. Oh, no booze. No, no love. No All love. Andrew. David. You've been in a room and 
the sun has been shining, presumably. True. Oh, you, man. Your, your windows aren't blocked out anymore. No, no, no. no. You, you... Actually, you know what? My bedroom window <laughs> is fucking black blocked out because they're, cause they're doing construction in our apartment complex and like, they have to just cover up because there's, there's literally scaffolding and dust and shit like that. Yeah. Holy shit, man. Waking up, it's like pitch black when I wake up now, even if it's like seven o'clock. It makes waking up so much harder. Like, yeah. I'm like... I slept in today and it was still pitch black. I'm always just like, oh, what time is it? I'm like, oh, it's 9.30. Or like in the, on weekdays, I'm like, oh, it's half past six, got to get up. Yeah. And it's absolute fucking torture. But you got to get and- one of those seasonal affective disorder lamps. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm sure you can get ones that self-time and yeah. so that you have a little sunrise yeah. in your room. 100%. Like, is it like disability appropriation? Because I don't have SAD. <laughs> I've got We've sad. all got SAD. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, this sort uh, could... Just throw back to Colin. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. This song is the opposite of sad. So. This, this song is the purest thing we've spoken about in a long fucking time. I like, Probably since we last talked about Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, we all love this song. Yeah. This is one of, not only Spider-Man's best songs, one of the finest tracks of the 90s. This is joy in music. There's nothing about this song that isn't so fucking happy, man. I no. like Many years ago, uh, I remember like I was going through a bad breakup and I remember listening to this song with a friend in the car when we're going to the beach and then we had beers on the beach and listened to it again and there's no greater mo- song to be for that moment yeah being, being with friends outside and it's sunny and it's not too hot it's just nice and you have a cold drink that is this song man this is how dare this song be so good now that you, everybody knows the song I, I, I can't remember the first time I heard it obviously but like like, there's no part of, like, hearing those opening soft finger-picking guitar notes. And you're like, oh, it's this song, yes. And then the, that, that, the drum one, too, that boom outside. And it's like, those two hits, it's just so hype. There's nothing about this that just doesn't radiate joy and positivity. This song is on, and then it's just a ball of sunshine. There's no, this song is just a fucking expression of pleasure and happiness and, like, human happiness. It's so, so beautiful. Why is it not your alarm tone? To wake you up in your pitch black because golf room. Do you, have you ever had a song for your alarm tone? Man, you end up hating uh, that yeah, shit. It's yeah, not that's a good true. Time. That's why. Yeah. You, that's why you may as well you, you, you stick with the shitty iPhone. Mine's the um like the jing chicka jing chicka jing chicka jing chicka jing. That's okay. Okay. Yeah. I get woken up every morning by this. Oh god! That even thinking about waking up from that gives me anxiety. But yes, Calypso by Spider-Bait <laughs> is so perfect. And yes, it's such it a is. wonderful distillation of so many things. Like, it's that, like, Pixies, Nirvana, quiet, soft kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, that, yeah. that element of angsty, like, outside everything sleazy and, like, the world sucks or whatever. Yeah. But it's just wrapped up in absolute joy. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I also want to bring up the excellent uh, polyrhythmic use of 6-8 uh, in the chorus instead of like being the usual 4-4 like the rest of the song like it throws something else in and it's like adds a bit more excitement a bit more urgency to it they're so excited to get to the next line that they're just like fuck this time signature we're <laughs> yeah. fucking going for yeah. it that's hey. a good read and yeah. like they make it even shorter Janet's talked a lot about like how like she was so hooked on just like let's make it shorter let's make it shorter yeah. let's come another verse it's let's so like, good let's how go, short let's it go, is let's go just everything at work here is just incredible like it is just a masterful fucking crafted song mm. like I can't imagine hearing this and just being like oh I could use a little work I also have this intrinsically linked to the 10 things I hate about you soundtrack uh. and my undying crush for one Julia Stiles obviously like as a someone who like grew up listening to heads of punk music short music is 
still my favourite music. And, like, there's nothing in this that you'd change, right? It's like you wouldn't add or remove anything. And, like, just one bit I love so much, and I can't help but smile with it, is the, um, because you oh, like, don't tell me, but changing it to me, me, meanwhile. Like, it's just so yeah, much fun. Yeah, yeah, it's so yeah, much yeah. fun. Yeah. I love that. Uh, That's so good. This, yeah. Needs a bit of work. All right, guys, fun's over. Yeah, right? Whoa. Let's, all right, just bring it down a bit. Let's yeah, right? Show some respect. I've heard of drugs that do work, <laughs> but this is ridiculous. Number 22, it's the verb with the drugs don't work. <laughs> Forget everything you know about drugs that work. <laughs> I'm about to blow your mind. All this talk of getting on. It's getting me down, my love Like a cat in a bag Waiting to drown This time I'm coming down And I hope you're thinking of me As you lay down on your side now the trucks don't work They just make you worse But I know I'll see your face again Now the trucks don't work They just make you worse But I know I'll see your face again That was The Verve at number 22 in the 1997 Hottest 100. That was called The Drugs Don't Work. It comes from the album Urban Hymns. Nathan, all this talk, getting old. Yeah. Is, Nathan, it, is it getting Nathan, you down? Nathan's an urban hymn. <laughs> <laughs> what a whiplash. What a way to ruin a party oh on everyone's God. Hottest 100 barbecue. Just so comes on. You barely had time to get a new beer. It's so short. It's entirely possible that someone was in the bathroom during Calypso and they went from corn to this. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. So, the Verve. Um, I put, I, I'd like to suggest that we hold on to their story because I think it's kind of mostly about another song that we will get to talk to at some point. I know yeah. you know so many Verve songs, listeners. Yeah, exactly. What are the Verve? What one is he talking, talking about? about? I think I had this album at some point. I definitely had this album. Uh, oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, Everyone on Earth had Urban Hymns. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you lived in the suburbs, you were issued it. <laughs> but before I had Urban Hymns, I totally at this point, and I'm like, what, nine in 1997? Yes. Someone gave me a burnt copy, and this is like early technology, yeah. burnt CDs, of like a hit machine or 100% hits or something, and it had this on it. Yeah. Wow. And this was one of the songs that I kind of recognised from the radio, I guess, and the other ones I didn't. But I have such a strong memory of, like, listening to this song and kind of recognising that it's about sadness, but not in a way that I could really understand. Mm. Like, mm. this is, like, melancholic resignation, you know. This, and that's yeah. not something a nine-year-old knows anything about. Not a and lot. so, like, listening Maybe to this Eric. as a kid. Maybe Eric, yeah. <laughs> but listening to this as a kid, I'm like, man, this is sad, but I don't, like, why Why do you feel sad like this? Now, ha, 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 we all know. And that's yeah. pretty awful. This is so incredibly perfect at capturing that tone. His yeah. voice. It's so it's sad. It just strips right through it. I kind of think the song has too much in it. I kind of want to lose one of those extra bridges or something. There's a bit too much song. But even just those those verses and the chorus, like, 
you know, talking about getting old is bringing me down. Like that's the, a, that's a, an amazing opening line, and yeah. the melody that he delivers on that is like yeah, it, it's a it's a high point to start. with. I feel like there's Dylan in this, and there's all kinds of like old songwriting about it feels loss classic, and, and grief yeah. and sadness. And yeah. there's the, the, this quote that Richard Ashcroft said about it when he said he was working on this song. Um, this was before it came out, and to have the, I reckon to have this much reflection about your own state of mind is utterly heartbreaking but shows how a good writer he was he says um, there's this new track I've just written it goes the drugs don't work they just make me worse and I know I'll see your face again that's how I'm feeling at the moment they make me worse man but I still take them out of boredom and frustration you turn to something else to escape to know that much about your own fucking addiction is yeah. fucking miserable man like, like a cat it's- in a bag waiting to drown it's like <laughs> Fucking hell. It's a bit I, much. I, I remember, like, kitten death as an eight-year-old is a lot to take <laughs> in, my friends. I'll tell you that much. I remember hearing this very vividly. Even as a Grinspoon fan who, you know, built, built their career <laughs> yeah. on dead cats. Do, you know what's do, so do, funny? Do, yeah, Grinspoon covered, they covered this, this. Version. Yeah. <laughs> I just... You know. Oh, I knew that, but I'd, n- I'd not made that connection. I wondered that's whether good. they did, and where that's why they did it. I don't know. I don't like know. a dead cat in three bags. <laughs> yeah. Come out for the Verve to uh, cover Dead Cat Three Times. Yeah. <laughs> Their first record, uh, called A Storm in Heaven, is really yes. underrated. Yeah, right. Yes. But, like, yeah, obviously, like, Ashcroft, his voice here, so, so sad. There's just, like... The, the love song dedicated to your addiction and your problem is obviously something that's been done a lot of times and something that I love in songwriting. Like, it's obviously a beautiful song, but it's, it's just like... there is a, Maybe it goes on a bit long, I don't know. Um, it feels a bit... But that's because it's like it is dreary, but it's meant yeah, to be dreary. It. Rarely do I think I ever want to hear this. It's not like it's so miserable that I'm like, oh man, listen to it, it just brings me down so much. It's just like, I'm, I'm never stoked to hear it. No, yeah, but it. it's, a re- it's a really good song, obviously. It's such a beautiful, it feels like, you know, we had all this Britpop of bands like Pulp and, and everything, just like being really cynical about all the problems in post-Thatcher Britain mm. and like, you know, it sucks in like park life and everything like, and then this is just like, you just don't have any of that yeah. left. Like, it just <laughs> yeah. sucks. Like, you're just in this rut and we've been making fun of it for a few years, but also... I'm yeah. done. It's great, uh, great. Um, I was just off the cuff there, but a great summation of Britpop is just like everything sucks and park life. <laughs> <laughs> I have trouble getting the catharsis from it. Honestly, yeah. I, I'm like nine year old Nathan. I recognise this is sad, and I, you know, I I can say what it's sad about, and I can tell you that kind of sadness. But for me, other sad songs make me feel that cathartic release and this just doesn't like I feel like I'm stuck in a conversation with someone who's telling me all about their problems and fuck me they got some real problems but all I can manage is yeah bummer man and it's not really enough for me or them I yeah. think I mean there's talking to the wrong person whether or not that makes it work or not but I think that's kind of I think that's the part point. of it it's yeah, just like right, this okay. isn't like the problem is is the lack of movement and the like you know yeah, the sure. drugs don't work I just keep taking them like there's no there's no out here. Yeah, bummer, man. And talking through this isn't going to help because you I can talk through it. You had a DNM with a drunk man and a parker? <laughs> but like, he, like that uh, quote, like, yeah. he recognised that and it's just like, this is this is where I am, you know? Yeah, when he's, he's, like, they make it worse, man, but I still take them. It's not like, like other like great sad songs that like, the, the payoff is he doesn't kill himself or he ODs or something like that. It's just like, no, I'm just going to keep taking these drugs. Oh, well, that sucks. Yeah. 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 That's it. Oh, my God. I felt feelings I didn't know I could feel at this age, you know? Like, even though I literally... What, had- what's this age? 
When did you? Seven, eight. Like I said, thereabouts. Yeah, like right, Open okay. Hymns was ninety seven. I was probably listening to this around nineteen ninety eight. Yeah. Um. And as I was talking about off mic, uh, I had literally no idea what was going on, and I literally thought the song was singing the lyrics where the trucks don't work. It's just so pure. It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, "There's, there's got to be some sort of uh, like greater meaning to that." But for now, <laughs> I'm eight, and what is this? You know. Like, <laughs> but. Even then, I, I noted the the grandiose sadness of it, like the fucking strings. the strings. Mm. Oh my god, kind of like weirdly grandiose for like a, a minor sad moment, but like it kind of actually works in its own little way. I, I'm a big fan of the vocals where no actual words are being said. <laughs> like those tiny little ad libs just give that song a little bit of extra like spice of personality for me and like you know it's been 20 something years since since this record came out like i don't think i fully appreciated it at the time i just knew it was like part of the part of the zeitgeist part of the landscape and i i think if i i go back and listen to it now i'm gonna find way more stuff to to really love about it and yeah like i definitely see this as like a defining sad ballad of the 90s this is what don't leave by faithless was trying to be it really was (laughs) wow good throwback to an entirely forgettable song thank you (laughs) at number 21 it's the Foo Fighters with Monkey Ranch Twenty-one in the nineteen ninety-seven hottest one hundred. The song is "Monkey Wrench." The album is "The Color and the Shape." The great man, Adam Buncher. Oh, man, I really want to do like a Dave Grohl-esque style. Yeah, but I just don't have the pipes for it. Did you find If I turn your mic down, <laughs> can you just do one in my honor? Yeah, go for it. Yeah, just a humble yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, a small boy, yeah. <laughs> Amazing that he's still able to do that while chewing gum at the same time. <laughs> About halfway through the year, the gum just drops from the top of the mouth down. You, if you zoom in, you can see it happen. Yeah, th- that's the VIP section seat. You get to look at that happen. Yeah. It's like, in the mouth because being propelled by the air coming out. Yeah. Like, the amount of times I've gone to Wikipedia to add Dave Grohl has been chewing the same piece of gum since 1994. <laughs> that's why you're banned from any Wikipedia. It's been rejected every time. Every week. <laughs> 
Wikipedia account straight to the Dave Grohl page. Yeah. You, you, know, you know how like, I, on stage... I even, I even add in the Wikipedia entry for bubblegum. <laughs> <laughs> Famous chewers of bubblegum, Dave Grohl. I, I imagine that the bubblegum Wikipedia page, and I might be very badly mistaken here, is, is less moderated than the Dave Grohl <laughs> Wikipedia page, so you might have better luck there. There is definitely shit I've put on Wikipedia in like my teen years that is now just there on Wikipedia and it doesn't look to be moving anytime soon. There's, there's 100% heaps of vandalism of one I'm still on Wikipedia. This, yeah. the, the, my best vandalism <laughs> is deleted um, when I uh, made the article for the giant Pippi. I'm sorry? Uh, you know the you, you know the Pippi? Those those tiny I, I little mollusks? They're like uh, right. small mollusks. That, that there's a giant... Are, oh, okay. There's not a giant Pippi. <laughs> uh, but one morning... Uh, when we were hungover or drunk still, uh, me and two friends made an article for the giant Pippi, which we just copied wholesale from the Pippi article, <laughs> changing all of the, as the deletion entry said, saying this article has been plagiarised by the article for Pippi with all the adjectives changed to That's imply monstrousness. <laughs> it was very funny. Anyway. Can, right. I, can I just quickly, just before we move on... <laughs> Uh, share my personal favourite uh, bit of wiki editing that I've done, uh, which did last on this uh, page for at least a couple of weeks. See if you can guess the band whose uh, Wikipedia entry I have edited. Their anarchist or libertarian socialist political stance exhibited an irreverent attitude towards authority. And the band have been forthright in their stances on issues, including animal rights, pacifism, Whiskey drinks, vodka drinks, <laughs> lager drinks, cider drinks, songs that remind them of the good times, songs that remind them of the best times, class struggle, feminism, gay liberation, pop culture, and anti-fascism. If you don't know who we're talking about, stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. Never miss an opportunity oh, for a forward sell. we got some sell. stories to tell. Also, if you don't know who we're talking about, that's wild. <laughs> Foo Fighters. Yeah. Mm. At this time, they're they're a full proper real band. Yes, almost. In that, <laughs> in that, oh, it's not just Dave Grohl playing all the instruments. He did get some other people in the band to record tracks on this, which most of which he then promptly re-recorded. <laughs> uh, particularly uh, the the drum track, and yes. the drummer at the time was not, none too pleased about this and basically and, quit and the band. And why would you be, to be fair? Because, yeah, he did all the drumming and then Dave listened to it and he's like, eh, it's, it's not quite what I want. So and he like, did it I all. know the drummer from Nirvana, so I think I might get him to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who he is, but he sounds handsome. He's pretty sick. <laughs> As a result of that is when they got the drummer who remains with them, still Taylor Hawkins in, who was at the time drumming Chewy for... Chewy Jr., as I like to call him. Choo Choo. Choo Choo. Um, <laughs> he was drumming at the time for Alan Moore. Yes. Uh, yeah. Alanis Morissette, for those. Because right. I just thought I'd do the nicknames thing. No, it's, it's good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. It I really like the idea that early Foo Fighters is just Dave Grohl's, like, uni group assignment. <laughs> and everyone else does their parts. And the night before, he's like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to rewrite it because I want a good mark. And oh. this, everything everyone else has done is terrible. And I'm not going to make a big thing about it. I'm just going to, I'm going to rewrite yeah. all their parts. It's like that, except if... The other people working on it were actually pretty good, but he was just like, yeah, but what about me? 
But this is the Foo Fighters. So. <laughs> Back in Foo Fighters, man. Hey, something that I realised we've never talked about before um, in the times that we've talked about the Foo Fighters, which hasn't been, you know, many, but mm. it's been some. Mm. Um, the origin some. of the name oh, yeah. of the Foo Fighters and what it means. Yeah. What does it mean, Adam? Um, Dave Grohl at the time uh, says he was reading a book on UFOs and a code name for in the Air Force when you saw a UFO was a Foo Fighter. Yeah, yes. I knew I knew it was a jet mm. thing. Yeah, it is a <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes sense, right? He has since gone on record to say, if I knew that we were going to become the biggest band in the world, I would have never called us Foo Fighters. <laughs> it's a dumb fucking name. All yeah. names are dumb, though. Like, yeah. Radiohead? What, yeah. That's a, that's a yeah, terrible that's name a, for a band. Yeah, like, the, the worst name for any band ever is Metallica. Like, <laughs> it's, just, it's like all of us sitting behind a, a table right now saying, like, all band names are bad, change our mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, all yeah. band names are bad, change our mind. Some band names are good. And some intentionally nonsensical band names are good, but any band that's trying band name that's trying to do something, yeah. I think, just doesn't. And work. some band names are also good because of the sound that that particular band has. Sure. Um, in context, band names are good, but on their own, mm. like yeah. Foo Fighters is a fine band name. Yeah, yeah totally. just, just a fine name. Yeah. And at this point, they are a fine, fine band. Yeah, can I we just form. like we need to just get to the, like this is an amazing song, and we haven't said that. Yeah, exactly. Like normally, normally when we go on divergence, like this is because the song's not very good, but. I, it's, well, it's because of that riff is still going. This song is a playground of a song. Everything oh, about yeah. this song is engineered for you to have the best time. That descending riff, the way that there's like a, a slight dive into da, the da, song, da, da, da. The, way that, yeah. the way that there's that pause before it kicks the in. The sting, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. The amazing bridge that Daniel... Uh, the, yeah, the breath control. Yeah, the one mm. that Dave Grohl just kind of yells all in one breath, ending with a massive scream as, as Deej exemplified earlier as well <laughs> that's present in the song like it's just all so fun it's so enjoyable and I can't imagine any time where I would listen to Monkey Ranch by the Foo Fighters and not have absolutely the best time even if I wanted to it's just not possible I can tell you times where it isn't good when they are playing it live oh no really yeah what? true when they are playing this shit live they will bring it down and then bring it right back up again and get everyone to go this song has been going for the fucking month of May <laughs> like what the fuck are we doing here yeah look it, it is easy to see them wanting to overindulge but yeah. I think that's only because they're the biggest rock band in the world and also because this song does slap harder than a motherfucker yeah, yeah. So and it's just like good. why would you take away the best part of the song the song just gets in gets out there's a punch in the face it's got like everything that you want out of a Foo Fighters song to turn it into a 15 minute it is so so frustrating I think it's not going to work either to play the really tight version of that song because in a stadium no one can connect with it the energy isn't going to catch you in time okay we'll find so the you need middle to ground down, right? but that's terrible you know, as maybe, well like, the, let's the get band back into it. that the Foo Fighters are now can't be that band anymore Ugh, um, I mean, and yeah, that sucks it and fucking sucks I can 100% save Dave doing that it's because of his ego now but like that's enough negative words for this song because I do adore it oh dude deeply I know yeah, you yeah, do yeah. too this version is fucking unreal yeah because this is the song. It's optimism in rock music. It's so yeah. big, so fun. Obviously, that ending bit where he does the whole punch. It's yeah. so good. It's yeah. so Oof. fucking fun. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's absolutely like it's a playground of a song. Yeah. Um, I think it's really fascinating to think of the band at this time before they become the biggest band in the yeah. world and, like, still, oh, and man, trying to prove them, them, you know? Man. Fuck me. Yeah. Also, because I think this is really... Dave Grohl adapting like yeah. there's like pop punk in this song yep. those hooks that yep. chorus like he's 
you know, he's like moving out of this era of, you know, like Nirvana and, and Pearl Jam and everything. And now we have like Green Day and all this stuff. And Foo Fighters as a band are adapting yeah. in a really exciting way. They're still mm. a rock band. And there's still like, there's a fierceness to the rock, particularly in that incredible bit towards the end. Mm. But but the hooks and that riff, like that could that could easily be like just, you know a Green Day song or an Offspring song or anything like that. They they play with the same stuff. And it's really exciting to see him being malleable like that and listening yeah. to what else is there and building something that's completely its own thing, yeah. but is still living in, in its own context in a really exciting way. I agree. From the second that that first riff, like the riff of the song starts, it's on. And then like... Uh, you're on even more when, like, there's the pause before it comes back in. You're like, oh, so into it. Like, oh, what? Oh, I'm here and more. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. yeah. And this that is... kind of pause rewards fandom as well. Like, yeah. it rewards exactly. you being familiar with it yeah. because it's such a, like, unusual time beat. When you know it, there's, like, pride in that. God, man, they just wrote the singles that are par excellence, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, this is when people lament rock music is changing and it's not the blah 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 I know that this is what they're thinking about when they think about idealised rock sound and god it's fucking good that's the thing if, if you're gonna tragically and failingly chase after a moment you know when you're playing these bloated stadium shows that you know drag out forever and, and just don't connect with anything if you're chasing some moment in all that this is what you're chasing yeah I see why you would yeah, yeah and I see why fans would chase this moment as well like cause it's just idealised rock yeah. yeah, I have a really long and great relationship with this track. Like, this was one of the songs when, you know, you get into rock music and you find that as a teenager, and especially a teenager who plays guitar, there is still a part of me that that has the riff as being played as like... And that's the way that I remember that riff. What I was surprised about was the uh, story behind the song. Because as a teenager, didn't care. I was just there for the yeah. big energy. I, you know, the lyrics were there mainly just so I had uh, something to do with my mouth to scream along with because I needed to, but I didn't really put much analysis into it. Uh, turns out it's actually chronicling the disintegration of Dave Grohl's four-year marriage to Jennifer Youngblood. It's a petty breakup song. Yeah. In a way. One in ten? In a way. One in ten, one in ten. Um, not sure what that refers oh, to I exactly. I thought that, and I haven't verified this, so <laughs> right, yeah. please add it to the Wikipedia page for Monkey Ring <laughs> and cite us, because yeah. that would give us a boost, I think. Um, yeah. I think that, obviously, Monkey Ring, she doesn't want to be manipulated. Mm. Um, it's yep. a song about not being manipulated. I think, yeah. um, not handy, for every ten rotations with a monkey, like, a you know, those, like, yeah. Don't Hot fucking laugh at me. <laughs> this is great. This is fucking bullying. <laughs> tell me the rest of this. I'm just, keep going. Keep going. Like, is Sorry. It, no, actually, you know what? I'm, this, I, I'm confusing my wrenches. I know, I, 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 I know that seems hard to believe from me. Like, the handyman you know and love. Yeah. What I, were you going to say I, about I was thinking, you know those wrenches that are like a torque? <laughs> a, a, a talker? Like a talker wrench. Um, you know, those ones that, like, you turn and, like, what I was going to say was for every 10, 10 rotations of the of the wrench, you get one rotation of the screw. Right. You know, those ones that have a separate socket? Like a socket wrench. It's a socket wrench. It's a socket wrench. <laughs> anyway, not a monkey wrench. Thinking of a different thing. Please still add it to Wikipedia, though. I'd like that for the ego stroke. So that'd be good. Wow. There we are. Hey! Cool. Um, and that's what the one intends about. <laughs> All right, so would you believe on Genius, that's the one bit that isn't highlighted with an annotation? Come uh, on. Yeah. Well, it's, not, it's not a contemporary SoundCloud rap song, so I guess I would believe it's not highlighted <laughs> on Genius. Little Davey Foot. <laughs> I think the fun that you have and the energy of it is really, really interesting to think about in relation to 
the end of a relationship. I, I had to kind of sit down and kind of see how those two kind of fit together. And I think, like, the expression is just really, really frustrated but pleased and having all this pent-up anger from being stuck in a situation. But what you're expressing is the liberation more than anything else. Yeah. And there's some bitterness, but it's mostly just like, I'm glad that's over. That's the main place I arrived at with it in terms of the energy and it's the kinda like, emotion. It's kind of like a cathartic thing, but whereas a lot of songs have a heavy bit to let you have the release, this is the release already. Like, he's gone through the catharsis and this is the other side of that. Yeah, that's, mm, a, good, that's yeah. a good read. Dave says, it's a song about realising that you are the source of all of the problems in a relationship and you love the other person so much and you want to free them of the problem which is actually yourself. Hmm. So there you go. Nice. Um, nice. Didn't, didn't know that as a teenager. Know that now. Probably not as important as just knowing that the song absolutely bangs and has always banged. It rules. It rules. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's so much fun. Thank so you. Thank you, fun. this song. Hell yeah. And... That favourite time of the of the podcast that you have skipped all the skipped the intro, <laughs> yeah, and you skipped through to the bit that Andrew's the host because he's the most professional one of the four. Hell yeah! Thanks for that intro, Nathan. I appreciate your compliments to me just then, saying I'm so professional and handsome. Yeah. He was doing a great impression of me. But uh, this, this is the uh, what's good for you segment of the week, and Hell I'm yeah. going to take it over first. <laughs> Do um, it. And what's been really good for me this week has um, I hate to I hate to big up a, a competitor because you shouldn't oh, listen no. to our podcast and continually. Not Download it. I've been doing it for about, about a year now. It's uh, the great podcast called uh, Your Kickstarter Sucks. It's uh, oh, sick. a couple of internet funny boys, uh, Mike Hale, who is Dog Boner on Twitter, and Jesse Farrar, who is Bronze Hammer on Twitter. They just review six Kickstarters and talk about why they're crap. What, a great episode called Fishy Flip, episode eight. It's very funny. I recommend it if you want to have a laugh at two funny good boys. Yeah. Adam. Mm. Hi. What's been good for you this week, my friend? <laughs> okay, so... It's it's like a classic literature thing. That's fine. All right, because yeah. for, for this year, I've d I've discovered that I actually really really love the writer. The writer. <laughs> None more classic than the Bible. God. <laughs> Raymond Carver. Right. Mm. Not a, not a name that I'm. Everybody gonna, loves like, Raymond. He's Carver. not underrated in any way. Um, you know, he's very well rated, but I am just like well into his work. I, I think I'm on the last collection of his short stories now. Um, in general, like short stories, I'm finding really rewarding to read. Short it, stories are underrated. 100%. As a form. 100%. And like the way he tackles the form of short stories is just amazing. Like it's real. It's, very, very human writer, yeah. Like very yeah, human events, yeah. Ab absolutely. Like, you know, in the story, you'll kind of get to the end and you'll be like, nothing happened, but you think about it and it's just like it felt like everything mm. kind of happened. It's one of those kind of wonderful things. Is there a particular um, collection or short story that you could recommend? Uh, the one that people talk about is uh, either Will You Please Be Quiet, Please, or What I Talk About when I talk about love. Great. So the thing about it as well, I just want to say, like, yeah. it's super exciting to think, and this is what Raymond Carver did to me, is like, he's 100% one of my favorite writers now. You think you've already discovered your favorite thing, it's and sometimes you haven't you discovered your favorite, thing, your favorite thing. Yeah. There's, there's still a possibility that you're going to find something and it's going to be, like, one of your favorites. So that's been as, as nice as anything else. Yeah, yeah. Like, maybe you've like, for a favorite podcaster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, Nathan, you're one of my favorite people. What have you been enjoying? What's been I've good been for enjoying you? you hosting. That, yeah. <laughs> that, makes, that makes one person. Permanent. Permanent. No, no. no. It needs, it's a delicate, it's, you know, it's a sometimes food. It's, <laughs> I've been reading uh, The Left Hand of Darkness Books. by... 
books. Yeah, more books. Uh, Thanks for backing me up, man. Mm. I was feeling very highbrow then. I'm glad I'll, you... I'll back you up. Thanks, dude. I guess. Yeah. Um, Ursula Le Guin, uh, fantasy and sci-fi writer, incredibly beautiful. Um, yeah, she passed away a couple of months ago. Her Earthsea Quartet and The Dispossessed are some of my like absolute favorite books. Ursula Le Guin across everything I've read of her, is just, like, brilliantly political and feminist and and anarchist and, like, completely wonderful, but also the way she writes about people and the planet is just so humbling and, like... She was a stone-cold legend. Yeah. One one of the absolute greats of science fiction. Like, just, I don't know, the way I feel when I read her writing about anything is just, like, different to everything else and and it's just, like, yeah. Mm. So I'm very much enjoying... Uh, reading another book of hers and Left Hand of Darkness is very good so far. David, what's been good for you this week, my friend? Um, well, I'm I'm just going to bring the culture right down. Please, um, please as do. Per, um, I Mom is a to- podcast that talks about farts. So Close. <laughs> very close. Very close. This is a podcast about wrestling. So I am currently quite obsessed with a podcast called Keep It 2000. As some people might know, uh, the main rival of what was then the World Wrestling Federation in the 90s was a rival company called WCW, World Championship Wrestling. And uh, through a lot of really bad executive decisions and uh, a lot of really uh, miscalculated uh, creative endeavours... WCW went down like a fucking lead balloon and they were bought up in 2001 by the WWF for next to nothing. The year 2000 is the last full year of WCW and it is widely regarded as one of the worst years in the history of pro wrestling. Two guys, Brian Mann uh, and Nate Milton, are reviewing every episode of Monday Night Nitro. All 52 of them, they are reviewing everything that happens and going through exactly how they ended up this way. That is a spectacular, niche, great idea for a podcast. Yeah. I really respect that. To give that. you an idea of some of the stuff that happened in this year, uh, one of the people that became World Heavyweight Champion was the actor David Arquette. Um, they also spent somewhere in the six figures uh, for Kiss. The band Kiss bought a wrestler. Like, a, they decided they wanted to have a wrestler with the Kiss gimmick called The Demon. And what's you it see, called? It's called Keep It 2000. Cool. It's absolutely fucking spectacular. Great. There's uh, four things for you to check out there, listener. I know you've, your plate's already quite full because you've been so swamped composing your essays, haikus, poems, and acrostic poems yes. to leave on the official 100,000s <laughs> forum iTunes.com slash review us. It's true. Hundred, hundreds. It's not, <laughs> um, not the URL. It's not it. <laughs> that is absolutely the URL. Yeah. Of course, there is the humble Twitter and the, the arrogant Gmail. But, uh, the, the, and, and the everyman, the everyman blue Facebook. collar Facebook. Yeah. 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 The, uh, the Bruce Springsteen of social media. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah if, literally if, a blue collar with an F on it. That's yeah. right. But Bruce Springsteen's not like watching you all the time. Not stealing your data. <laughs> Advertising the train to you. down the river called freedom. Oh my God, incredible. That brings us to the end of yet another episode of Hottest 100s and Thousands. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks to FBI Radio for having us before we get on out of here. It is time, once again, for everybody to pick their favourites and their least favourites and continue the ever-continuing story of the carryover champs 
and chumps. I'm screwed. Again. <laughs> Again. Yeah. I could easily pick every single one of these songs as my best. I could I could I probably even it. I could probably comfortably personally run with any of these as my carryover champ. Wow. But I'm not going to. I'm gonna keep Brimful of Asher on the forty five. Well we know that. Okay. Yes. For my favorite now this is too hard. You guys go first. Okay, okay we'll, we'll come back. I like what? the mixing up of the of the narrative here. This is very yeah. like um, I don't know, beginning of Memento. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this, this is. <laughs> the I am the Brad Pitt of this podcast. podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, my my favorite this week was Calypso, but it was tricky. And honestly, like it, it was very close to dethroning the dandies, but it Ooh. doesn't. Oh. Sorry. Oh, uh, the drama. That's yeah. the longest carryover champ, isn't yeah. it? And I'll yeah. um yeah I'll uh, I'll speak for three of us and say our chump is Adidas. No, it is. Oh, okay. I'll speak for Nathan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That chump is added ass. Look, I feel bad. I mean, no, no, not chump. Sorry, weakest. I, I would never, never. <laughs> oh God, no. Corn. I don't have a huge amount of respect for you, but I would never compare you disfavorably to why everybody was picking on me. My chump remains. And you don't close another man's loop. Yeah, no, no, that's true. That's very true. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like yeah, corn. It's like I don't like that, but I I can't even really hate it because I know other people like it, and that's Eric. Like, Fair Eric, you know Eric loves Eric. it. Eric, and I think I'm going to Calypso. It's oh, just it's so, so close. Good. I was really excited about picking Monkey Wrench, but really, mm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you sound like Louis Bidet will remain my champ. Um, say hello to my new <gasps> wrench champ. <laughs> Yo, champion of songs and wrenches. So it's it's gone all the way up. You got a new carryover champ. Yeah, yeah. Let's Ooh. let's go. Monkey wrench trade up. I mean, I only hung on to tool for a little while. Trade one tool for another. Great. And actually, my like, I <laughs> I kind of hate how much I love corn. Um, it's so, so fucking good. It's not my. I'm actually going to say that the drugs don't work is my least favorite. Right. Ah. Because as I said, it was just like being bummed out by someone like who I can't help. David, um, gun to your head. I need your favor in your fuck, least. Man, screw it. Okay, Calypso. Calypso's number one. There we um, go. Just because it's, it's so fucking good. It's so fucking good. Adidas is the fifth best. Fuck, I, don't, I hate saying that. I don't want to disrespect the greatness that is motherfucking corn. But this is a gun to my head situation. And but- a gun to monkey and fieldy. Oh, See what I did yeah, there? A, yeah, the, gun the, to your head uh, and your there, monkey there, and your there fieldy. Was, there was more than one monkey in this in this episode. Adam made a corn joke. All right, we did it. Tough. On behalf of Miss Adam Butcher. Wrench on behalf of Miss Andrew McDonald and on behalf of Mr. Nathan Harrison. Bye. My name is David James Young, and everything is good for you. Bye.